morning, the scripture reading is taken from Genesis chapter 1, verses 28 to 31. If you're using the Pew Bible, please uh, turn to page 1. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and of the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, Everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And so it, it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. morning, church. Let's go to the Lord in prayer one more time before we begin. God, I just pray that you would uh, work in our hearts, that you would illuminate the word, your word in our hearts, um, and pray that your spirit would work, uh, a great work in our hearts, um, and also just um, it will work in our hearts even after today, after uh, our time here, um, that you would um, show us just what it is and how it is we may live out this passage um, and just how we may go uh, and, and live for you, uh, make you known in our lives. And so, um, God, I just pray that um, that you would bless us in this time. Um, thank you. Praise pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So over the past few weeks, we've been talking about Imago Dei, uh, the image of God, and um, and how we're all created in the image of God, and, and because of that, there's so many different applications that come from this doctrine, and um, again, we, we've had three weeks of uh, talking about this doctrine of image of God, and uh, Minister Henry, he started, talk, he started us off by talking about um, how God values us because we're made in this image, and, uh, and, and you know, uh, other implications, where one implication of the Mago Dei is uh, that he mentions that we resemble God's morality, um, uh, we resemble God's spirit, we resemble God's mental ability, um, you know, we, we can exercise logic and reasoning, and we create and we plan, and, and so there's, a, there's these things about us, because of the Mago Dei, we uh, resemble God. Uh, and because we resemble God, there's value in every person, you know, young and old, uh, healthy and sick, or the mentally ill, or the poor and rich. Um, and our value lies in the Imago Dei. 
And even the last two weeks, Pastor Jason, he took us through two very difficult topics, um, especially for a, a, a climate, a cultural climate such as ours. The Imago Day has implications for race and abortion, um, and the value of life is for all people, no matter uh, what they look like, and no matter if they're in the womb or outside the womb, no matter if they can care for themselves, value, again, lies in Imago Day. And so there's other things, maybe some of us, we always thought Imago Day was, it was about the physical aspect. We, we, we look like God or um, other, uh, you know, because we're image bearers, it, it gives us purpose as well. And uh, again, there's so many different ways we can talk about Imago Day. Uh, there's so many different implications because of this doctrine. Um, and and it's, it's, it's so hard to kind of boil it down just to one thing. Uh, it's hard to say, hey, if we were to say Imago Dei uh, is, is about this one thing, it would, it would be pretty hard to pick and choose. Uh, but I was listening to this podcast the other week, um, and Dr. Russell Moore said that if you were to boil it down to one point, uh, if you had to just choose one thing about the image of God, um, he would say that it is about longing. And now it's important for us to um, it's, part, it's important for us to note uh, what this longing means, right? Longing we usually think of longing. There's some sort of lack or like we uh, we we want something, right? And an example of this is like you know some of the youth they have like these. I guess it's a trend to have these like Lulu uh, you know fanny packs or whatnot. And it's like I want one now too, right? There's a longing because I don't have it. and I want one, and it's the cool thing, and I want that. And so usually we think of longing in that way, but but we have to think about this. This is, this is, we're at the sixth day right now, and everything is very good. I mean, Adam and Eve, they were sinless, and this is pre-fall humanity uh, that, 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 that we're talking about here. And so this longing is not something uh, from, that comes from a lack of something, uh, but rather, rather um, one of the other uh, podcast hosts, he, he, he explains it like this. Uh, he kind of explains it as this longing as living with, the, with potential, uh, a, a longing that Adam and Eve, they were supposed to exercise their image bearing as, as, as having this, um, uh, for, uh, as having this uh, potential to fulfill. And so the question is, what is this potential that they could fulfill in their life? And, and, and what it is? Uh, and what is it that we all long for as image bearers in our life? And so what is this potential? What is this that we're all longing for? Well, there's this, and it boils down to this. It's the completion of the kingdom that is to come. We're all longing pre-fall humanity from, from the very beginning. There was this idea of the completion of a kingdom that we're all working towards. And so that's the, that's the idea that we're going to see here today of that we, 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 we long and we work for this completion of this kingdom. Um, and the first thing we hear in today's passage is that God, he blesses Adam and Eve as image bearers. And so, so he blesses them so that they can bring about this completed kingdom uh, and, 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 and this completed kingdom is filled with all image bearers. This, this idea of this completed kingdom is this idea of a, a, an earth filled with the rule and reign of God. It, it's, it's this idea of this completed kingdom of, that is filled with the glory of God. So this is the kingdom that an image bearer 
longs for. And so God blesses Adam and Eve in three ways to bring about his glory, to bring about his glory in this completed kingdom. And so that's where we're going today. We're going to look at three blessings that we see in this passage. And we're going to see that it is a blessing of expanding, a blessing of cultivating, and a blessing of flourishing. And so let's read again uh, Genesis 1.28 with me. Um, Hopefully you're still there in your Bibles. Genesis 1.28. And we see this. It says, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And let's just stop there. Let's just look at this. This is the blessing of expanding. God says, be, I'm going to bless you. Be fruitful and multiply. And so what we see here, the first blessing is God's call to expand the family. To be fruitful and multiply. Adam and Eve, they were supposed to grow in number. Um, they were supposed to grow so much so that they were supposed to go out of Eden and fill the earth. Um, they, they weren't supposed to just stay in the Garden of Eden and that was it. But rather they were supposed to go out of the, out of the garden. Um, not being exiled out of the garden, but they were supposed to go out and, and fill the earth. And we, we, we see in previous verses, we see in, 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 um, in Genesis 1.27... Right, we, we see that God created a male and female, and one of the main reasons we created a male and female is for childbearing. So without Eve, there's no fruitful and multiply, if you think about this. If there's no, there's no Eve, there's no uh, fulfilling of the kingdom of God. It just can't happen. Like if it was just Adam, there's no multiplying, there's no multiplication, there's no filling of the earth. And so we got we to think about this. And that's super important why this is so important of this male and female. So that there's this multiplication and fruitfulness and filling the earth. And the picture that Moses wants his readers to see here is that it's a world full of, of rulers. And one thing I, 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 want, I need to mention here is the audience of the book right now. Um, the Israelites, right? They're, they're, they're the ones receiving this word. And they're in the desert, they're in the desert. They have escaped from Egypt, yet, but they have yet to conquer the land of Canaan. But if you think about this, if you remember in Exodus chapter 1, if you remember in Exodus chapter 1 verse 7, it says, But the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and they grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. So here's the thing. The people of God, they expanded already. They've multiplied already. They were so numerous that, the Pharaoh, that Pharaoh was even afraid of his own slaves. And yet something was still off in that moment. They weren't in their own land. They were wandering in the desert. The challenge for us in here today is that we may be great in number, but we aren't fulfilling the heart of being fruitful and multiply. I want you to see this. Think about this. I, 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 in the past, what, year and a half, how many babies are there? A lot. A lot. Our, our, our number in our home went from two to three, right? And people are like, when are you going to have another one? You know, like, should we double the number in our home to four, right? Like, no, we're not. I think we started giving stuff away. And, um, but maybe we'll adopt one day. But we're, we're not going to have one baby. But, you know, in the history of church, of this church, I don't, I, maybe there's another time that there was even more babies, but I, I feel like this is probably the, the largest growth that we've had. Uh, Ellie's right here nodding, so yeah, okay. This is the history of our church, the most growth we ever had of babies, right? Crazy number of babies. I, it's awesome. And is this, is with, with all these new babies, is this fruitful and multiplying? 
Um, like, is that all? Is that like, like, should we all just go get one more baby and that's it, you know? And then like even more fruitful, even more multiplication. And, and are we fulfilling this being fruitful and multiply that God blesses us with? Like, should, should, and, and it's like, okay, we have more babies and we're just done. I, I don't think that's the case here, right? We're not just here to make babies. We're not just here to grow our families only. I think that's one big purpose of it, but we're not just here to do that. Because if you think about this, if you think about this, uh, we know that following Jesus doesn't just happen, right? Um, Astrid is not just going to follow Jesus just because, uh, just because, you know, we don't, you know, we just let her, you know, feed her and then, you know, let her grow, go to school. And then all of a, all of a sudden one day she's going to follow Jesus. We know that's not going to happen, Right? Uh, we know that, that, that there's going to be this idea of I have to disciple her. Um, and if you think about it, following Jesus doesn't just happen. And just as Adam was to pass along the teachings of God, um, you know, so as parents we do with children. In Deuteronomy, if you, if, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, I'll, I'll read this for you guys. Just, just listen for this. It says, Hear, o, God, o Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your might. And these words I command to you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be, of, be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write on them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So we disciple our children and we teach them. And that's what it means to be image bearer. That's what it means to be, to, to, to be fruitful and multiply. To be image bearers, we, it looks like that we have a life that we, we, we have a life that loves God and we point others to do the same. So I have to ask this though. Can we only be image bearers and be, can we only be fruitful and multiply if we're married and in our 20s or 30s? Or then that's it in the 40s and, and just for a short time in our life? Like in your, if you're a college person in here, if you're a youth in here, I really hope that you're not trying to be fruitful and multiply right now, right? Um, does this mean that you have to wait? Does this mean that you have to wait till you're married and you have to wait to... Uh, to um, you know, till you're older and, and, and have to have children? Or maybe those of you who have adult children in here, does it mean that you're, you're done? Like, I did my duty, I'm done, I wash my hands clean, I get to relax and, do, and just, just chill, right? Like, that's it, is, it, is, this, is this it for, for you guys? So I will challenge us here today. I know this is like, you know, we're at the, the spring semester of, of school and I, I see all y'all college kids here, and maybe some of y'all are seniors, and you're trying to figure out what to do in life and what's next, and I'm sure it's very scary, and, um, and, and maybe some of us in here were just kind of like, yeah, I don't know what to do, what's next in my life, and, but I remember when I was coming out of seminary, and I didn't have a job. It was, it was April of right before my graduation, like a, few, like a month later, I was about to graduate, and I had no job lined up. I had nothing lined up. It was just a big question mark, and and, and that was my life, and I'm sure maybe some of the college students in here are going through that. Maybe not just seniors, but uh, maybe a lot of the students are just kind of going, I don't know what to do with my life. But what do we do as a church here? 
we need to come along and walk beside them and go, hey, I, I know what that means to look like to walk with a big question mark ahead of me. But let me walk with you. Let me, let me plan with you. Let, let, let's just walk together. I've been through this. Let, let, me, let me show you what it looks like to, to find a job that you're able to, to use it and, and you're able to, 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 uh, to live for the glory of God and not just for yourself. Let me, let me walk with you. Let me show you what it means to look like to love God with your job and love, work, uh, love God in your life as you get older. And, and I'll do a little youth ministry promotion here. We're still looking for a few youth uh, leaders to lead small group on Sunday mornings. We have students who signed up to be a part of discipleship groups, and there's no leaders for them right now. Be fruitful and multiply happens to, in this, to discipleship, but also happens through conversion as well. Um, this, summer, like, I, this summer, as I'm trying to figure out what to do for mission trips, um, and I hope, and I really hope that we can go back out on short-term mission trips and um, and, and, and so one of our options for mission trips is, is kind of located in this exotic location. Um, and, and what, but one of the reasons why this is an option is because this, this pro, there's this program that this organization puts on. Um, they have a, a good, solid, uh, it seems like they have a good, solid missions and evangelism training, and, and they just have this idea of wanting to teach and train youth to be on fire for God and go out on missions. And, um, I, and I think it's a great opportunity um, but I also, I am a little bit worried because, like I said, this is, this is, this is going to be an exotic location. Like if we were going to tell people, hey, we're going to go on missions, but we're going to go to this place. And someone's going to be like, well, you know what, like, really, you're going to go there for missions? Like, there? Like, that's too nice of a place. Or, you know, it, um, but as I was bringing up this opportunity with a friend, uh, my friend simply responded, they need Jesus too. Um, so, and even before, as, as Pastor Jason was praying, we prayed for the, we met up with these missionaries this week, and they were missionaries in Turkey, and they, and they shared this. Uh, I, I, I was, um, one of the things that the missionary has said, uh, he said that, you know, there are, uh, 2.02% Christians in Turkey right now, and I believe that's what he, but then, but he goes, he goes, but that's not the important number. He says the important number is that there are 98.8% non-Christians in Turkey right now. If you, if you understand that, if you look at this, there's not a lot of multiplication happening right now in Turkey. There's not a lot of being fruitful and multiply happening in countries like Turkey and other countries around the world. We have to do something. We have to go. There are so many broken image bearers in this world. There are so many who do not exemplify the rule and reign and the glory of God in this world. So the question is, what are we going to do? How are we going to multiply? How are we going to you know, be fruitful and multiply? What else can we do? And so that brings us to our second, uh, second point, a blessing of cultivating. And I want us to kind of look at that and see what that means. And so the second blessing is we see is to fill the earth and subdue it. Right here it says, God bless them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. So there are two things going on with this word subdue in this passage. The first meaning of the word can be seen in the idea of um, actively ruling over something with force. Um, 
And, and, and that's kind of what we see here. Uh, well, actually, we see, we, see, we, see in later, we see in verses later on that, that God gives Adam and Eve the seeds. And, and so what they're supposed to do is, you know, they're supposed to plant the, you know, plant the seeds, to dig the ground um, and dig holes and plant the seeds and water it and, and take care of it. And, and that's this idea of, of subduing it, to dig into it and, and to, to, to plant the seeds and to produce uh, vegetation. Uh, and, and produce enough so that is life-sustaining. So they're able, they're, they're, they are to use the ground to enable, uh, to enable the process of filling the earth. And, and just as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, Adam and Eve, they were supposed to go out, right? They were eventually supposed to go outside the garden. The world outside was to believe kind of to be wild. And, and, and if anything, um, you know, it was the world outside the garden was uh, needing to be subdued. And they were supposed to go and cultivate and, and work the ground. And, 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 and that's what they're supposed to do outside the garden. But what does that mean for us? Are we supposed to all go home, go into our backyards and build planter boxes and, you know, and, 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 you know scoop and just kind of plant all these vegetations and all these things? Does this mean that we have to make sure our lawns are green and uh, free of weeds? If I remember like three years ago when I first got here, I talked about how I killed my grass in our yard. And it's still dead three years later. So does that mean I have failed at subduing the earth, right? Does that mean I've failed at, you know, what I was supposed to do? Um, I don't know what to do. If anyone has advice, let me know. But, um, but yeah, like, like but, uh, but is that the idea that we all go and we work the ground, we go home and plant some stuff and we, we make, you know, plant tomato gardens? I, you know, I don't know what we do. So I'm going to leave you with that question. But, the, but again, I want to I touch upon this second part of the meaning of the word subdue. And we need to go back to the Israelites again. Because, because in, the, in the Israelites, they're in the desert. They're in the desert and they hear the word subdue the earth. So if you imagine, imagine this. They're in the desert. There's, there's just sand and dirt and dryness everywhere. And they hear subdue the earth. It's the complete opposite of the picture, opposite picture of what Moses is trying to paint, them, paint for them here. If anything, if anything, in their minds, they're, they're looking at what they're seeing, but they're remembering Egypt. They're remembering how they were living in this lush, lush country and the, and the land was producing all these things. And, um, but they're remembering the, the land that they just escaped from. And at the same time, they're supposed to go into this land. They're supposed to go into the land of Canaan. And they're supposed to go and subdue and cultivate that land in order to multiply. So that's what's going on. And so there's a sense. Uh, so what's going on here and what Moses and what Genesis is trying to see here is there's a sense of building up the land that you're about to conquer for these Israelites. And so what they're, what they're, the message that they're trying to, what they're hearing is that when you conquer this land, you rule over it. You rule over it, you cultivate it, you work it, uh, you subdue it. But at the same time, don't rule over it the way that the Egyptians ruled over you, but you're going to have to reflect the good rule of God in this land. So essentially what we're trying to boil down to of what it looks like to cultivate and what it means to subdue is that we're supposed to multiply the rule of God and be good rulers in this land that is given to you. And in this land that is given to us and in the land that we're in now, that we are to multiply the rule of God and be good rulers of it. 
So we all, we live in a way where we're cultivating the life around us. We're living in a way where we're cultivating and we're building up the lives around us in our lives. And so Adam and Eve, they're supposed to make the earth's resources beneficial for everyone. They're supposed to, you know, work the ground and, 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 and you know, build, um, you know, create, uh, sorry, and, and um, you know, um, produce vegetation and produce enough to, to sustain life and to build up the lives around, around them. And the same thing for the Israelites. They were supposed to go and conquer this land and to subdue the land and cultivate the life in them and cultivate this rule of God so that they are a benefit, they, they benefit everyone around them. And so they are to cultivate a city, they're supposed to cultivate a culture, and they're supposed to cultivate a life that is beneficial for everyone. They're supposed to be that light to everyone. If you think about it, it's so countercultural today, to, to everything going on today. You know, like in, in our culture today, there's so much of this cancel culture going on. If someone does anything wrong, we cancel them. And we, 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 condemn, we condemn them, we shame them, we unfollow them, we don't support them, we don't do anything for them because they do one thing wrong. But we don't live in a culture where there is restoration and reconciliation. We don't live in a culture where we go and try to restore someone instead of where we, where we go and try to shame them. There's so much tearing down and casting out, but God is calling us to cultivate life around us and around you. God is calling you to build up the life, build up life around you. God is calling us to live a life that benefits and uplifts those around you, even those who have wronged you. So what does this mean? What does this mean for us? This means that we use our talents. This means we use our, our gifts, our abilities uh, for the benefit of other people. Um, back in 2005, um, there, was a, we, there was a large group of us um, that, that went to Kenya. And, and I know a lot of y'all were on that trip uh, in this place today. You know, and we went on that trip to Kenya. And, and part of that trip was this medical missions. That a, lot, a lot of y'all were, uh, you know, half the team did this, uh, put on a medical clinic. And half of us went out to do church planning. Um, but it just made sense for our church to do that. It just made sense for us because there's so many medical people. It just made sense for us to go and put on this medical clinic. And I don't remember much from that 2005 trip, and I don't think I went to the medical camps because I had, we, uh, the group of us went to church planning. But um, I remember going back. I went back uh, to Kenya in 2007, 2008, and I remember visiting those medical clinics. And, and it was great to see that how um, people came from villages all around to receive medical help. And, there was, and, and this, these medical clinics were full of people. Um, and there were lines, and people would wait. Um, if not, they would wait for days just to receive help, uh, to receive free care. And, 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 and here's the thing. Again, it made sense for our church to do that because we had so many people in the medical field. Cultivate, work, build up the world around you. My uncle, he, he was a... Uh, he was a um, a doctor uh, in, in the ER, and he got let go um, because of um, everything going on with the pandemic. And, but the cool thing is that after he was let go, he ended up finding a position in a prison. And so now he, he talks about how he's able, to, he's able to speak life into those he comes across in the prison. He's able to, he's able to make a difference in the lives of those who comes into uh, his clinic or whatever his office 
And, and so he talks about how he's able to bring, uh, make a difference and bring hope into some really dark places. Um, and, 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 and that's because of his job, because of being a medical doctor. Cultivate, work, build up the world around you. I even see, I, I, I have a friend who is an architect. Um, I just saw how, uh, I, I, she was, she was tell, sharing with me how her, uh, her company or her, her firm, uh, her architect company, whoever she works for, um, they've been partnering with uh, this uh, ministry to build homes and uh, design homes for the, uh, in, in Third Ward. And I think that is so awesome. Um, and, and so that's what they get to do. They get to go and, 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 and offer their services to, to this ministry and offer their services to those in need. And I, I want to read to you the, the, the they have posted on Facebook. I want to read to you uh, just her post and what she had said. Uh, it says, uh, she is, I'm so grateful that God gives birth to people's dreams, grants people talents to help along the way, and blesses communities with transformations. And she says, I can't wait for these homes to be filled with laughter, memories, and hope for the future. Cultivate, work, build up the life around you. So what gifts, what talents, what abilities do you all have? I think here's the thing. Everyone has a specific thing, a specific niche, or specific talent that you're good at. So maybe, maybe you're not in a job right now. Maybe you're not in a job that can um, directly help people. Maybe you, you look at a screen and you're working with numbers all day, and you're like, I don't know how to help people with that. And maybe you're in school right now, and you're like, I don't have a job, and I can't, I can't help people, I can't save people, and I'm not in a prison, I can't go to prison right now, and this and that. But here's the thing. Some of you guys, you, you walk hallways and schools and uh, go into offices that none of us can get to. I always tell the students, hey, you know what? Like, I got rejected from every school I applied to except for UH, and so I went to UH. I could never go to Harvard. I could never go to Rice. I could never go anywhere else. I couldn't even get to UT, right? I could never get into the places. But here's the thing. So many of you guys can get into places that I could never get to. So many of you guys can get into boardroom meetings that I can never get to, and it's awesome. And God has placed you there for specific purposes. And, and here's the thing. Maybe here's the th- what you can do is you can just simply ask each and every day. Who can I bless today? Who is an unseen person that I need to be made, that, uh, that I need to make visible today? Is there a need somewhere that I can fulfill? That's all we need to do. That's all it takes to cultivate and build up the life around us, just to ask simple things like that. But often we don't. Because we're, you know, we're focused on our work, we focus on our school, we focus on our studies, and we focus on ourselves and what we need to do. But, um, but maybe we just need to walk around and simply ask, "What can I do? Who do I need to make visible? Who can I help?" Go out. I, I saw someone other other week. They just bought like ten Starbucks gift cards and gave it to their workers and and gave it to their, uh, you know, the people that they work with. And they're just like, "I just want to brighten people's days. I want to uplift." And, and this is the idea. Those are simple things that God can lead you to do, to cultivate, to work, to build up the life around you. And so we, we work, we cultivate, 
uh, and we bring life up uh, and bring life to the world around us. And we build up the world around us so that we can flourish and it will flourish. And that brings us to our last point. We receive a blessing of flourishing. We build up, we work, we build up the life around us so that people can flourish. And that's the last thing we see here in Genesis 1, 29 through 31. And let's read that again. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed and its fruit, and you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird in the heavens, and to everything that creeps on earth, everything that has breath, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And in the last part of that, sorry. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And then there was the evening, there was the morning, the sixth day. The last thing that we see in Genesis chapter 1, the last thing that we see is that God saw everything made. He goes, he looked at it, he saw everything that he made, and he said it was very good. Everything is made, everything is set in motion. Um, Adam and Eve knew their roles to, to fulfill, uh, knew their role to fulfill within creation. To, uh, and, and, and Adam and Eve knew that their role was to multiply, was, multiply, to, uh, was multiplication, filling, and subduing. And all of that was on his way to happening. He rolled out his plan. And God's plan for his rule and reign and glory to, to be seen on the earth has been set in motion. And this is why he says it is good, or why he says it's very good. Because the glory of God is about to go. It's about to go and to be multiplied and, and, and be known. And so what we also see here in this passage is that God provides everything we need for multiplication. He provides everything we need for filling and subduing. Not only does God provide, but he provides abundantly. If you look at, look at the language that is used in these, these two verses uh, that we just read. It says, every plant yielding seed. He says, every tree to every beast, every bird, everything that creeps, everything that has breath, that has the breath of life. And he gives every green plant for food. God provides all food for all creation. Every living creature that is breathing gets food. There is this picture of abundance in this blessing of flourishing. There is this picture of, uh, of abundance when we go and multiply and, and fill the earth. And what we need to see here and what, what, um, what, the, what Genesis is trying to teach is um, this picture of a God, the picture of God providing for creation, it actually contrasts the beliefs of the ancient world. Because normally uh, in the ancient world, uh, humans were supposed to serve the gods. They were supposed to provide the foods for gods and um, they were supposed to serve them uh, with food. And so um, humans were supposed to sacrifice their foods for gods and just to appease them. But what do we see in our God? What do we see uh, in the God that we worship? Instead, we, we, instead of a God who demands and have, uh, instead of a God who demands, we have a God who, who supplies everything. He, we have a God who supplies everything we have ever needed. And so one last time, let's go back to the Israelites in the desert. They lived under the rule of a so-called God who exploited the Israelites and put them under his service. They were mistreated, they were oppressed, and they were kept from flourishing. 
but we worship a God who came not to serve, uh, sorry, not to be served, but to serve. Jesus doesn't demand his people to come to him, but it is the abundant life, it's the overflowing joy that he provides that draws people to himself. It is the life of Christ and his sacrifice um, uh, that, we, that we love Jesus for. You know, John 10.10, 10, John 10.10 10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life to the full, life abundantly. So every single one of us in here, every single one, every single person that we know, every single person that we come across in our life, and every person that we don't know, every single person in this world has a longing for Jesus to come and rule and reign in their lives, whether they know it or believe it or not. They may not, uh, those who don't know Jesus, they may not know, uh, they may not believe that they need Jesus, but, they, but that is the truth and that is uh, what they're longing for in their lives. So when you and I, when you and I submit ourselves under Christ, we flourish. He provides all that we need. And as I said in the beginning of this passage, we were all longing for the completion of the kingdom. We're all longing for the, the, the coming of God's rule and reign and glory to be filled in this earth. And we all await that day when Jesus is on his throne. We all await for the multiplication to happen and, and, and his rule is seen in everything. Humanity, humanity, all of us, we can recognize there's something that we're intended for, but it's not here yet. There's a lot of Lack. There, there is a lot of lack. There is not a lot of flourishing going on. There's a lot of need. There's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of hopelessness in the world. And we're longing for the rule and reign of Jesus Christ to come. And so is your friends. And so are your friends. So are your coworkers. So are those you don't know in your classes, in your workplace. They're longing for the rule and reign of Jesus Christ as well. So this is why we need to continue to continue in our call to be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth and subdue it. So let's pray. God, I just, um, I just pray and ask for a flourishing in our lives. Um, a flourishing that comes from knowing you. A flourishing that comes to being in love with you, Jesus. Jesus, we pray that you would be the desire of our hearts. Pray that you would come and um, that, that we would fall in love with you and, um, and that those around us would see this love and, 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 and see your love. And, and, and I pray that we will be able to bring your love to those around us. Uh, may you use us in different ways. May you speak to us now in all the different ways, in all of our different, um, in all of our different personalities, in all the different talents and gifts in this place. I pray that you would use each and every one of them to cultivate the life around us, to build up the life around us. So that those around us and those in the world will come to know you and come to know um, how great of a God you are. So we pray and you ask that you would fill this place. And we fill our lives and we fill this world with your glory, with your rule and reign. We pray this in Jesus' name.